0: Hey, it's Jonah Bud. I've been working with young people and adults for more than 40 years, helping them to live their best life. Now on this podcast, I do it for you, too. That's why we call it At Your Best, so I can help you become your best self each week. So let's explore stories from all across Canada and celebrate how strong we really are, even when we feel at our weakest. It's cuffing season, and we look into what new dating habits are on the horizon for 2024. We also dive into Blue Monday, why it's on January 15th, And if it really matters or not, is it a thing? You have to check it and find out. And just the winter temperatures are setting in now. Many cities are clearing out homeless encampments. Do these people have anywhere to go? Can you imagine? And we also talk with the president of the Guardians and the Children Biker Club. She tells us why these bikers protect children and how they do it. So sit back, relax, and get ready to listen to ways we can help make you be at your best. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Blue Monday coming up here on Monday, uh, January 15th. So we're doing something special this year, of course. We're going to dedicate uh, four hours of uh, Prime Radio time for us to help you. Yep. And it's going to be myself and... Uh, and um, we have some uh, special guests that's going to join us, Dr. Gans Ference. He's uh, a buddy. He's a good guy. He's a great, great therapist, a psychologist. And we're going to be on um, on Monday at 6.30 CHED or QR Calgary at 10 a.m. to 11 Mountain Time on the Mike Smith Show uh, in Vancouver from 10, p.m. To 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Time to 11, uh, and that's at 980 CKNW. And the affiliates in Kamloops, 1150 in Kelowna and the Radio NL in Kamloops. And uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time here uh, in Ontario with Kelly Contrera. That's 640 Toronto, 900 CHML and 980 CFPL. And 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, the Jim Toth Show at 680 uh, CJOB in Winnipeg. So uh, don't miss Shay uh, Shay Mike Smith, Kelly Contreras, Jim Toth. If you're in those markets, uh, we want to hear from you. We're going to answer qu- calls from people and do therapy right real time, uh, sort of all la of Doctor Laura, but real therapy in real time with real people. So uh, join us if you'd like, and uh, we'll help you out to the best of our ability. And uh, might be some interesting stuff that we can all learn together. So that's what's happening. Blue Monday. I know everybody talks about blue Monday. It's the first, uh, it's the the middle of the, uh, of, the, I think it's the second Monday, perhaps. It's, it's, I think first or second Monday, maybe second Monday of the month uh, in January every year. And uh, it's all about, uh, Uh, It's all about, you know, trying to get through the the darkness and, you know, the the, the cold and the lousy weather and people aren't coming out to play. And, you know, so it's is it really a thing? It's only a thing if it's in your head. okay? so it's only a thing if it's in your head. If you think the 15th of January is going to be a blue day for you and it's like yucky, it's like the 13th, Friday, the 13th is going to be a bad luck day. If you believe like that, then you're going to will it to be. So my suggestion about Blue Monday is two things. Number one, listening to us. We've got a cool show happening for, throughout the day across the country. And moreover, just put it out of your mind. Let's make Blue Monday, the 15th of January, the best day ever in your life. Don't give yourself an excuse to feel lousy because everyone says it's okay. It's, you know, after all, it is Blue Monday. So let's be cool about that. Let's make sure that uh, we're not setting ourselves up to, uh, to fail because we predict in our minds it's going to be a yucky day. Anyway, I did promise you something about dating. We're going to go back to dating here, uh, and then talk a little bit more about how to bring a little more joy into our lives. Perhaps um, uh, now that it's a new year, let's see if we can find our ways to add a little more joy and, uh, you know, give us a chance to smile a little bit more. We're going to talk about that in a second, but I want to talk to you about something called NATO dating. Are you out there dating? Are you dating? Eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight. By the way, the largest dating market is fifty plus five zero plus. A lot of action between uh, those uh, so-called uh, golden golden, uh, golden, years folks, right? A lot, of, a lot going on. A lot of people visiting one another. A lot of people hanging out together. A lot of people just kids are growing up. Perhaps they're widow or widowed, God forbid. And, uh, you know, so they're busy. And a lot of young people are as well. So there's something here called NATO dating. What is NATO dating? So they're not. NATO dating really means they're not really committed to the outcome, right? Not attached to the outcome. NATO dating, not attached to the outcome. Dating for the sake of dating without any preconceived notions or thoughts about what might come from it. I like it. I got a, I got a couple of patients right now that are trying to reinvent themselves after giving up drugs and alcohol and uh, trying to find the, the, the strength to go meet people when they're not high or stoned or whatever. Uh, it's work right especially if you change your life you've been doing that for 10 or 15 20 years and all of a sudden now you're sober and you can't muscle up the energy anyway i digress my point is that you go out to meet people to meet people you go out to meet new friends to meet new friends and if some of them become romantic great if not you made a new friend and by the way it's always easier to go out with a friend of the other of the other uh, gender right it's better to go out with a friend of the other gender. So if you identify as male and uh, you're looking to, uh, to find a, a, a female to meet, to, to, to become friendly with and hopefully to date and wherever that leads to, right. You're always better to do that. If you've got a female friend, person who identifies as being female and vice versa, obviously a couple of guys going out or a couple of girls, it's easier for a couple of girls to go out because it's, you know, it's uh, guys are idiots and they don't realize that girls are stronger together than individual, but, uh whole other reasons why a lot of us don't think straight. But I'm telling you, it, it's this whole dating scene is way overdone because everyone has expectations. So how do you meet? What's the new thing? What are they? What are the experts talking about right now? They're talking about meeting old school, baby. Old school. Revitalizing relationships from the past. Reaching out to some people you might have dated or, or been friendly with in high school and, and check them out to see what their status is, what they're all about. Going to places, going to events, volunteering. Real time, not social media time. And up, and being invested in the relationship insofar as, let's just see if we like each other enough to see each other again. Go for coffee, go to a movie. And by the way, that, that it works when there's, when there's shared gender relationships, just not platonic relationships, non-romantic, non-sexual in nature. I think if we just treat each other nicely, and treat each other honestly and are, and are transparent about our feelings and how, how we you know how we can conduct and, and, and share ourselves with one another, I think that would be great. Being honest with one another is the way to go, regardless. And if something comes from it, something comes from it. But you don't make something for something just because you think you're going to get something out of it. Like, you know, every date can't turn into a relationship. And every date's not going to turn into someone who likes you to see you again. And every conversation, the same thing goes and so on and so on. It just doesn't work like that. Anyway, on a positive note, this year, my goal is adding more joy to my life. It was my goal last year. This year, I'm doubling down, truly. What does it mean to add joy? Things that make me smile and and laugh. Things that make me happy. I'm Bud. I am focusing. I'm talking about me. I know you know I'm bud You're listening in. But my commitment, Bud's commitment this year is to double down on more joy, more laughter, more fun, more experiences, more memories. Yeah, man, I'm jonesing for memories. I'm jonesing for great experiences. I'm jonesing that, for that feeling of standing at the at the bottom of, at the edge of the lake, looking at Lake Louise between with the mountains between them, and or, or or you know, sort of framing them like spectacular views. From my Western Canada uh, trip, spectacular uh, views and, and, and a trip my wife took up north during, in Ontario here during uh, the, the changing of the leaves and stuff. I, you know we, Her and I have been away to some really interesting places, not very expensive, just interesting places, and had some great experiences, had a lot of laughter, a lot of fun on along the way, right? Tried to find the best better butter tart in Canada. We're still on the, uh, the search for the best butter tart in Canada. That's a lot of fun. Also, a lot of calories. Joy my friends, it's not expensive. Doesn't have to cost anything. You just have to be able to feel it. Yeah, yeah. Gonna talk now about homeless. So you know Everybody hears about homeless and they think, oh, wow, that's terrible. I really feel bad for these people, but I really don't want them living up the street. And I don't want them living in the park near where the kids go to school and all, you know all that stuff. So, okay, so follow me here, okay? Hang in with me. If you are just being joining me on the show for the first time, thanks for being here. If you're continuing from the beginning of the show with me, thanks for hanging in with me. But either way, listen up. You got a job. Everything is great. You're paying rent everything seems to be okay. All of a sudden something happens, at work, you're not getting a paycheck for a few weeks. There appears to be a problem with the accounting system. The money's not clearing your account. You're having a conversation with your landlord. Your landlord's, you know, half a half a world away living in another country and, you know, running some big corporation with lots and lots of places to rent out. Doesn't understand why you're nine days late for your rent. So serves you with an eviction notice. You try to catch up and so on. I'm blowing it a little bit out of proportion. But somehow you have a slip in pay or you're in between jobs or you're not able to make ends meet that particular month or two and you end up homeless. You're in between. So some of us who are fortunate enough to have families and friends that can put us up, that's great. But for a lot of us, we don't know anybody else except our colleagues from work and maybe the odd person that we meet at the local bar. But certainly no one you can call and say, can you put me up? I've got nowhere to live but you do have a bunch of camping gear. And, you know, when things were good, you would go on vacations and, uh, you know, go camping for a week. And, you know, you had good, decent camping gear, maybe a camping cot, you know, uh, uh, some form of, of little stove, you know, the necessary stuff to live outside as you choose to on a vacation versus the requirement to do so because you're down on your luck or you're in between situations or your mental health issues or 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 cause you to be living rough in the streets of Canada somewhere. So all you have is your tent. And it's cold and it's snowing and it's starting to get horrible. You find that from some other person that you met at the at the soup kitchen, if you're in a city that's fortunate enough to have one of those or two or three. And the guy says, hey, you know, why don't you bring your tent over to so-and-so outside the church? There's a grassed area and a bunch of us are, are, are sleeping up there in our tents. So we're going to look after one another. Sounds good, they say. Set up your tent. You get all feeling, you know, you got work the next day, man. You can't be like worrying about where you're going to live or sleep, you know, sleep rough on the sidewalk. You don't have a car, but you got to get to work the next day. You got to at least, you know, somehow figure out a way to pay your bills and, and eat. Now, this is a single person. Imagine someone with kids and an animal, a pet. So now all of a sudden you're rough and you're sleeping in this tent in the middle of a park. When someone comes along and they say, nope, can't do this anymore. Can't live like this. Got to pack it all up. We're moving you. Not sure where, but we're moving you someplace. That's how a lot of these people end up, a lot of folks end up sleeping rough. Not because they're derelicts of society or because they're, you know, too drunk to get a job or because they're too addicted to something to be a, uh, you know, a, pr- a proper member of society. Just a lot of people down on their luck. So what happens? We kick them out of their tents. Now, for those that have been sleeping rough and sleeping on the street for years and years and years and are surviving, many of those folks don't even want to look inside a shelter. Have a listen to a clip from someone who's shared in the shelter life. Hear what she has to say
1: freezing i got like one ankle sock and one normal sock very worried i know so many people are going to freeze to death may look like just a tent to people but inside that tent is a home just like how everybody else has a home this at least i can have my stuff I, i still have the same thing that i had a month ago you take that away from somebody you take their world away this is the last this is all we got
0: she didn't like living in the shelter system so she chose to live outside and you know that's that's home right it's home for these folks so in Edmonton, they're, they're kind of tearing down these encampments, but um, they're clearing them up. They do so in Toronto. All the major cities are having an encampment clearing issue, uh, primarily because they don't want people to die outside. Uh, they're offering them, uh, you know, they're offering where possible. They're offering uh, shelters to go to. But people who sleep outside and sleep rough don't trust the shelter system lots of sexual abuse lots of lots of theft lots of physical abuse you know hard to sleep safe with you know people like like at least in the encampments you're sleeping in your own your own sleeping bag you're sleeping in your own tent to so to speak or your own box or whatever it is you've built something out of but in edmonton they're tearing down these shelters but at least they're providing some permanent housing to kind of approach the address the homelessness there. right They're they're offering emergency shelters And they're offering uh, opportunity to to permanently house some folks. I'm not sure how many, right? And shelter communities are coming up. This is a really cool story that I really liked. First of 200 emergency shelters for a Nova Scotia homeless expected later this month. So if uh, you don't know where Nova Scotia is, it's the eastern part of Canada. It's really quite beautiful, especially in the summertime. The first of 200 single unit pallet shelters, pallet as in pallet on top of your mouth. I have a pallet. Pallet shelters purchased to help Nova Scotia's homeless population are expected to be ready for occupancy sometime next month. Um, They are creating something called a village, which is located near the Beacon House shelter in Halifax, which is a suburb of Lower Sackville with 19 units expected to arrive by the end of the month. These are little individual pop-ups. I'm not sure they're hard-sided, but they're, 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 they're pallet shelters. That's what they're called, pallet shelters, and they're little individual shelters, and you have your own space. There's a there's a bed. Um, they're produced by a company called Pallet. It's an American shelter provider, um, and they what do they get? They get uh, they, they're constructed with access to electricity. There's washrooms close by. There's on so there's a washroom and laundry on site. Uh, within the community or within the the, the group, right within the, the these the areas that they're creating, which each unit will have their own bed frame, mattress, and a desk. So you'll have a, a warm, hard-sided uh, thing to sleep in on your own. You can zip it up or close it up, and you have some some form of security. Uh, but that's what they're doing in Halifax. I think it's a great idea. I just think it's a great idea. So we're gonna we're gonna posture them for being at their best, and we're hoping that we can. Posture our friends in Alberta the same way of people being at their best. But these shelter communities, right, these little tiny homes that are beginning to pop up across Canada, um, they can be a very effective and safe alternative to addressing homelessness because you can put them up pretty much anywhere. and, And I don't know where you live, but where I live, there's a lot of parks. There's a lot of open land. There's a lot of parking lots. There's a lot of stuff we could take over to make sure people stay off the street and don't freeze to death. Just think we need to do it, right? We need to do a much better job of looking after one another, man. This is what tonight's all about. 2024, you know, resolutions, wanting to be better, wanting to lose a little weight maybe or gain a little weight or change your hairstyle or get a raise at work or something. Like you got something going on. Why doesn't that just include a little more humanity? Just a little more humanity. Because we feel better when others feel better. When we do something nice for someone, we definitely get an endorphin buzz. We definitely get something going on in our bloodstream and our brains to say, nice guy. You did a good thing. Nice person. You did a good thing. Makes us feel good to make others happy. Makes us feel good. And for our mental health, it's so good for our self-esteem when we're able to help one another. So all kinds of reasons, let alone who wants to have people die, you know, dying on the streets of Canada because it's so freaking cold and they can't come inside from anywhere. Anyway, when we come back from break, um, the criminalization of drugs and all that stuff, the end of the story is if you have a safe supply of narcotics for those that are addicted to them or use them on a day-to-day basis to self-medicate, safe supply keeps people from dying. Uh, I'm going to share this story with you right now because I'm so excited. But I want you to understand that this is a little bit about not judging a book by its cover. And a lot about profiling some really cool people. And here's the deal. The deal is there is a motorcycle club. They're called the Guardians of the Children. I'm not sure they even refer to themselves as a motorcycle club. I really have to, I'm going to ask them how they they designate. But they their their modus operandi, their their mandate is to recognize and react to children abuse to child abuse, educate the people, the public to do the same to serve as advocates to provide strength and stability to families in crisis and be an answer to the prayer of an abused child or teen for courage, support, and protection. If you imagine, if you were in your neighborhood and you're sitting around, you're sitting on the porch, and all of a sudden, eight or nine big, beautiful Harley-Davidson motorcycles or whatever big motorcycle, I'm a Harley guy, so uh, I don't drive one, but my son does, and if I was if I back in another life, maybe I would. But anyway, Roar by your neighborhood, pull up just down the street, pull into the driveway. Everybody's going, what the heck? These folks with long hair and tattoos and, and wearing, you know, vests and stuff with patches all over them. Looks like a biker gang. And then all of a sudden, little Billy comes running out of the house, screaming into the arms of this giant guy that gets off a motorcycle. They put him on the back of the bike, put a helmet on, and they take him out for ice cream. You're thinking to yourself, what the hell? What's going on here? What does this kid down the street have to do with these bikers? Well, I can't tell you it's the kid down the street, but hear what Mira Martinez has to say. She's a victim advocate and listen to a letter that she reads from what's called a shadow angel on how the guardians of the children saved her life. My name is shadow angel, and I have been an LG for two years in that time. The guardians of the children have helped me much in so many ways that I wouldn't be able to list them all. They brought back something in my life that growing up, I never thought I'd have. Light and hope. Hope that even in my darkest days and darkest hours, things would get better. Hope that I would no longer have to be scared and alone. Most importantly, they gave me my life back. Mira Martinez, she is what's known as a, she wrote that letter. Shadow Angel was written, read by a child advocate. Uh, This is an organization, 4,700 members across North America. They've been around for 18 years. It's uh, been based in Canada for about eight. Uh, The Guardian of Angels calls themselves a biker, they call themselves a biker organization. It's dedicated to protecting the victims of child abuse. I am so pleased to introduce you to Raven. Justice. She is the president of the Guardians of Tr- Child Ch- Guard. Excuse me, <laughs> president of the Guardians of the Children Motorcycle Club here in Toronto. Raven, it's a little late. Sorry, you got tongue tied there. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for being here with me. Thank you for having us. Now you guys are like super. I, I'm so excited. I was thinking to myself, you know, really of all the, you know, I was really kind of excited to have you uh, be a part of this tonight. Um, people don't really understand uh, what folks like you do, because for the most part, they just wouldn't believe it. They just wouldn't believe that a bunch of adults riding huge motorcycles and fairly big, burly looking folks, not all of them, but a bunch of them, you know, they kind of look like folks you might not want to invite to your house until you know really what's going on underneath it all. You guys do incredible work, and I just want the world to know about you. So give us an idea. Give me an example of a situation where a kid might require the help and the services and the support of the guardians.
1: So we deal with uh, child abuse, and of course there's emotional, physical, and sexual abuse ranked underneath that one to- to- uh, total title. Sorry, um, In that, what that means is a family has been hurt, a child has been hurt. Most of the time the parents fall into, oh my God, what do I do? Um, and a lot of times they just try to cover it up because they're embarrassed that this has happened to their family. So somebody will contact us. Um, we will go and meet with the family. We will hold our hand basically and walk them through the process of uh, how to file a victim impact statement and where they have to go. Then we'll hold basically still hold our hand until they get through the whole court process. So we will be in the courthouse with them, but we'll also make them feel safe. Our number one goal is to try and get these kids to a place that it's going to keep them off the street a lot of times people that kids that abuse at a young age, they tend to turn to alcohol and drugs to kind of hide the pain. So we are hoping that we can keep those kids from turning down that uh, fork in the road. Uh, some of the things that we do, we had this—you know one little kid that was hurt in his bedroom. So we went in and painted his bedroom for him, put all new furniture and all new sheets on his bed and just to make him feel like he's in a different place. We've um, taken kids from one city to another to, um, you know, make sure they're safe and to get them into foster care where they need to be. We do work with the other victim organizations in Toronto. And of course, we're all volunteers. We don't get paid for the work that we do. So we kind of lean on um, other biker organizations as well to help us and the community to help fund our organization and to help these kids. So basically you could go anything for leading them to counseling resources, taking them on the back of the bikes, like you said earlier for ice cream, going to the park with them, uh, just basically whatever it takes to make that kid feel safe. And if it means we have to sit outside in their driveway till they fall asleep at night, then we will do that too.
0: Give me an idea. Um, if you don't mind, give me an idea of, of, uh, kind of a, a typical situation, uh, that you, know, you, guys, you, 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 you and your crew get involved in a, a, a typical situation for you uh, involving a kid?
1: Um, it could be um, bullying inside the schools, which is really bad in the city of Toronto right now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our chapters do get right into the school to do anti-bullying presentations. Um, we haven't been that successful here in Toronto for that part of it. But we do go in and meet with the teachers and meet with the principals of the kids that are being bullied. And we often find that the kid that's doing the hurting has been hurt, him or herself as well. Yeah. So we end up trying to provide support to both these kids. We have what we call a little guardian program. So when we, when we get these kids when those kids come to us, we do a little adoption ceremony for them. So we take a teddy bear and... You, know, you can imagine all the big Bali dudes <laughs> stood in a circle yeah, passing yeah, around yeah. his teddy bear. Yeah, exactly. I love <laughs> well, it. You know, when you think about it, right? But yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It gives, we pass it around. We fill it up with love. Everybody hugs it. Fill it up with love. And at any point in time, if the child is scared, um, they'll call us and we'll go back in and we'll fill that burr up with love again and give it to them so they know that they can count on us. We also use a Marble program. And each each kid and each member has a glow in the dark marble. So whenever the kid is scared, if they hold that marble up into the light, um, they'll know that everybody else in their group has also got their back with that marble as well. I love it. We we can we also um, you know and work with CAS for kids that have been sexually abused either in their home or in another home as well. And we just basically were there for support for the kids. You know, we want to try and get these kids so that they become independent, regardless of what happened. And the last thing we want is for these kids to feel that they're different or it's at their fault, right? So if we can get them to stop looking out over their shoulder, we have taken the group to a number of public places. Like we go bowling with them, but then all our members will line up behind the lane so that you can't get it. You can't actually even see our kids. Our kids are having a great time, but, you know, one of the little girls came up to me one day and said, Raven, thank you so much for taking us here. This is the first time I felt safe.
0: I love it. So, Raven. Right then um, and in
1: there. I mean, what else do you need, you know? <laughs> yeah, right.
0: No kidding. Well, what you do need is money. And people out there, if you're listening to me, what you need to do is help these folks. Uh, there's two websites, Guardian of the Children Toronto and the Guardians of the Children's International website. The Toronto Chapter website is the Guardians of Children Toronto. They need money right? They need money. Send them money. They could use help uh, because they do this out of the goodness of their heart. Um, Raven, I assume, I mean, I'm a therapist and I, I have facilities. Uh, I have to do a vulnerable sector check uh, twice a year. Um, your folks go through any kind of scrutiny or they just, uh, Absolutely. if it's okay with the parents, have, it's okay.
1: Yeah, we have three different levels of membership. Uh, so okay. we have the support member, then we have the prospect member, and then we have the full patch member. It doesn't yep. matter what level, who you are, what you're doing. All the screening is the same for everybody. Gotcha. So there's a vulnerable sector check, and we ask that, that that's updated on a regular basis. Yep. Um, then we have, we work with committed kids, and they do a lot of online training for us. Plus, we have in-house um, workshops. It does take about a year for somebody to be trained to the point where they can be entrusted with these kids until they meet those kids. Um we want to make sure, so part of that is so that we can vet that new member, but also so the new member can vet us. Because it is hard work. It's not easy. We want to try and make sure that we have people that are, you know, not only going to be there today, but they're going to be there next week as well.
0: What, what do you do in the dead of winter when you can't show up on the back of a $40,000 Harley? Right, and we get in our $40,000 car. That a girl. That's what I'm looking for. That's the answer. <laughs> That's why God made pickup trucks.
1: <laughs> You
0: got it. Raven, how did you end up with these folks? How did you end up getting involved?
1: Oh, um, how much time have you got?
0: I, so, three, or four
1: minutes, three or four minutes. Okay. So um, a good friend of mine's yeah. daughter was um, abused by her father, her uncle. Okay. So she was at Sick kids' hospital. Somebody had taken pictures of her and posted them on the dark web. The oh oh. Russian mo- group that looks after the kids note found the picture because they're always scanning these dark webs, right? Found the pictures, couldn't identify them, sent them to Australia. They identified them as sick kids' hospital, sent it back here to the RCMP. The RCMP went and contacted the OPP and off they went to track down this guy and make the arrest. When they did catch him, they got him the night before he had scheduled to sell this little girl. So this little girl would have been gone and into the underground world. I honestly thought, I've been with this organization now for over seven years, and I really thought that this type of stuff was only in the movies. But the reality of it is it's underneath our nose. And there's no support. There's not enough out there to help these kids and to help, because these kids are scared, right? And teens and and adults as well, right? They're all scared. Um, Child trafficking is a big thing in the city of Toronto. So we try to keep our eyes open to that. We have some of the training modules that we do and the other people that we have that we speak to help. You know, like the sharing of information would help us know what it is that we're looking for and when to identify if a kid is in trouble when we're out. It has happened. We have been in Tim Hortons and um, basically had to intervene between a dad and a child, so... um, we're not just out there riding around looking cool on our motorcycles, right?
0: Well, you do look cool. But how did did you yourself, how how did Raven, is it because of your friend and and the situation with her kid? Yeah, Yeah,
1: it was. It was because of that, and I walked through the whole court process with them, and that's when when I personally found out there's nothing here. So I went online looking for volunteers, like I had to do something more, um, looking for volunteer organizations, and Guardians of the Children came up. So I picked up the phone and I called and asked, you know, how, how do we get this here in our city? And, uh, you know, they took my hand and walked us through it. And there was uh, 25 of us that got together and said, yep, this is going to be great. Let's do it. And in uh, how, how 2017, many today? today, we're still around the same number. Gotcha. gotcha. We, we go up and down, right? People leave, new people come in. It's very yep. hard work that we do, but, um, you know, and a lot of times it's triggering for adults who may have a history of being sexually exactly. abused or physically abused. Right. It opens those closet doors that nobody wants to open.
0: Do you maintain contact with the victims and and sort of for how long, like, no, I hate to call them victims, but you, 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 you hang out with these kids like years after, or they sort of oh, fall yeah, off. We,
1: and... Oh no, we, we, we end, <laughs> we end up becoming, you know, a different kind of a family for these kids. um, we had one little girl that was with us for, I'm going to say six years, um, and then she graduated. So we, we're, we cap off at 18. But if the trial is still active, we're not, going to, we're not going to toss them aside. And even if it's not, we're still not going to toss them aside. So if these kids had, as they come up, if they've had an interest in the motorcycle and learning to ride themselves, we can patch them into our organization so that they give back to the kids uh, what it is that they receive from us. We have a scholarship fund put in place so that these kids do make it out of high school and uh, get accepted to college or university. We do what we can to make sure they have resources to get there. Amazing. Um, They can be with us for a year or whatever, you know.
0: Yeah, Raven Justice, President, Guardians of the Children Motorcycle Club, Toronto. Raven, you've got my platform across Canada anytime where you want to share something, uh, you a know, fundraiser or something. Let's send these folks some money. I'm certainly going to have to show. Uh, they have uh, uh, Guardians of the Children, Toronto, Guardians of the Children. Uh, both of them have interna- or have websites, both for the international and local. Raven, thanks so much for being here. We'll talk to you again real soon. And by the way, thanks for the cool T-shirt. I can I'm going to wear it proudly the next time in front of a crowd for sure.
1: <laughs> thanks, Jonah.